How do you change the way that you think so that you can create the life that you want? You do this by unlearning the beliefs that hold you back and you create new ones that support you in doing what it is that you want. This is the big question and right here we bring you practical steps that can take you to where you want to be. It all starts with a spark of hope in the mind. Let's make some sparks. I'm Jennifer Hernandez, co-founder and executive director of ECLI Vibes, a nonprofit organization that provides support services to folks who have suffered abuse, violence, and other traumas. In providing these support services, our clients learn that it is possible for them to regain control of their lives, to live fully, and to thrive. Welcome to the Thoughts to Reality podcast. thought you are thinking an actual event in physical reality? For example, how many times have you replayed something cringy that you've said or done in your head over and over again, like rewinding a movie? And each and every time that you think about this event, your stomach drops and you get that gross, sick feeling of disgust or embarrassment. We have all been there. We've all experienced this, right? Well, I'm here to tell you that each time you replay that moment in your head, you are reinforcing to your subconscious mind that you are an embarrassment, that you're not good enough, that you are whatever it was that moment in life made you feel. And why it's important to know this information is because the subconscious mind is the part of you that tells you how to feel about who you are, what you can or can't do. This controls how you behave, risks you will or won't take. So essentially, it controls you and most likely you don't even realize it. Your brain takes what you think and say very literally. And what it's told on a regular basis becomes part of the subconscious mind, which controls every unconscious move you make. You're most likely not aware that this part of your mind is controlling your actual life. You wonder why you make the decisions that you make, you wonder why you hold the relationships that you hold, and what it all comes down to is the beliefs that have made their way into your subconscious mind. So how do these beliefs even get into the subconscious mind? This is the part that can be very painful in your life. The way you were treated as a child by your parents, by your caregivers, society, teachers, church, doctors, your subconscious mind is very much shaped also by the experiences like abuse, abandonment, neglect, food insecurity, and poverty. Your subconscious brain is told from a very early age how worthy you are of love, safety, stability, money, happiness, and these beliefs are carried into adulthood. They have the power to hold you down and keep feeling you anchored and stuck. The good news is that you do have the power to remove these thoughts from your subconscious mind and the power to insert new beliefs, ones that make your life better. I want you to know that you do have control over what's going on in your head. Research proves that your brain has the amazing ability to change, adapt, and to get stronger, especially when you're a kid, but also as you get older. It's like a muscle and you can reshape it. I want to welcome Feride Castillo, my fellow co-founder and my ride or die. Feride knows way too much about me than anyone probably should. We go way back and we've taken a vow to grow old with one another. So she's going to take one for the team and share. Feride, thanks for being here today. I'm so excited to be here. Yay! So Feddy, what is one belief that you were told growing up that you held onto into adulthood? How did this hold you back and how did you unlearn this belief? Just one. <laughs> uh, I have many, but one of the ones that um, really stuck with me even into adulthood was um, not feeling like anything I did was good enough. So there's more than one, multiple. Multiple, many, that I'm still actually dealing and addressing with. But the biggest one was nothing I did was good enough, so I just did not feel like anything I did was ever good enough. So what kind of um, moments in your life did you experience where you knew that this not being good enough was holding you back? Uh, always. I think I always knew, but I didn't know how to shake it off. Like I didn't know how to rewrite that narrative. Because it's a narrative, and then it in injects itself in everything that you do. 
the way you think, the way that you act, the way that you treat yourself, the way you treat others, uh, the way you make decisions, all of it. it. It literally just has a way of like absorbing into every aspect of your life. So when you're unlearning or changing the narrative, you're not just changing the narrative in your mind, you're changing the narrative in every aspect of your life. So how you make decisions, how you view yourself, the world around you, you like how you treat other people, how you treat yourself, all of it. So it's like you have to relearn how to behave again in a new narrative. So you talked about how you treat people. What is one way that this negative belief or limiting belief sort of held you back in the way that you were interacting with people? I think one of the ways was that I was so critical to to myself that I became critical of others. So always just criticizing. And then when I realized that that was like such a toxic behavior, I had to stop doing it, but I had to stop doing it to myself first. But that is so real because we're walking reflections of ourselves. So what you were insecure about yourself, you saw in other people. Yes. And that would have you holding beliefs about them also? Yes. Wow. Some serious stuff. So, (laughs) but it's so crazy because I feel like, I feel like these beliefs, you hit it right on the head. You literally don't realize the impact that it's having in your life because it's so, it seeps into everything, every aspect, your relationships. But I also feel like the good thing is that there's hope because we do have the power to control what's happening. It's not easy, it's difficult, it's a process. And I feel like um, if we start that process, we start learning about ourselves. We start like being curious about why we say these things, why we behave this way, why we interact with people in a certain way. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about when you started doing this work on yourself and trying to remove this belief, this negative belief that's been holding you down, how has that impacted or what is the journey? Like maybe one or two things that really like stick out to you in terms of like difficulty or, or you know, good things that you feel. I think first you have to identify the catalyst for wanting the change because a lot of people get stuck in their behaviors and don't want to move forward or change or or even think anything is wrong with the way that they're behaving. So my catalyst I think was when I got pregnant. <laughs> my I didn't want to do what they did to me to him. So I had to like change all of it all over again. Mm-hmm. And that was crazy because first I had to like actually acknowledge that there was something seriously wrong and then take the steps towards making it wanting or at least wanting to make that change so it sounds like awareness awareness was the first thing it has to like it has to be that little light bulb that goes off and goes what am i doing and and then you have to get to the point where um you feel motivated to want to do the change and a lot of times that's an external factor because you don't think you're worth that change so you look for another reason. Your son did that change. for you. My son did that for me. Yes. That's, that's such a beautiful thing. It I is, feel that I with all my heart. Like now that I'm in such a further journey along, I almost feel like I like why couldn't I have done that for myself? Because really, you know, he had to go through that growing process with me as opposed to me doing it before and him coming into this earth, you know, with me not having to go through that with him. But Yeah, no regrets. No regrets. <laughs> <laughs> She's literally a tattoo on my forehead. 
<laughs> we move on and move forward. It yeah, is what it is yeah. at this point. What's the second part of your question? I just posted. Um, so the second part of my question is, oh, and it's so great because you literally hit it on awareness, which is the first tool. I mean, yeah. Fetty, it's like so validating because literally your experience is, you, you hit it right on the head. You're like, I had to become aware yeah. of like that something was wrong and I needed motivation to want to make that change and that was your son so it's it's just like literally like just played perfectly into what what I'm talking about which is really really nice the second part of the question is how did that feeling hold you back in life and everything um, the not feeling like I could um, do anything correctly or good enough made me not attempt or try to do certain things in my life and then when I did do things, it was like, I like had to be perfect at it. So perfection became like an ego-driven thing because I was trying to protect myself. If I didn't give anyone a reason to criticize me, so I had to be perfect. Um, but if it wasn't perfect, then I was my harshest critic, even if no one else was paying attention. Um, and so that also made me like not finish things. Mm -hmm. And then not finishing things was like my way of escape because it's like, oh, I suck at this? Okay, let me just run away. And then I didn't do any, or I didn't actually complete anything or finish anything because of that. It's self-preservation though. Yeah. You were literally trying just to trying to preserve what you could, what you had left in that moment. Yeah. Well, most toxic behaviors are that. It's just self-preservation. You're trying to preserve yourself. That's, it's so real. Um, okay, so that is, one way that it held you back. So you were talking about basically, specifically in um, taking risks, it sounds like. So taking risks or starting a project or finishing a project, you couldn't complete anything because you'd, question myself you would question if it was good enough. Mm -hmm. And then your, set, your perfectionism sort of came in as a tool in self-preservation. Well, it's not perfect, so it's not done yet. Well, it's not exactly where it should be, so it's not done yet. And this mm -hmm. continued to keep you stalling and stalling and stalling and stuck. And I think many people can relate to that because that is so real. And until we start realizing that this is what we're doing, these are the patterns, this is the way that our brains are naturally, organically behaving because of the beliefs that we hold, we can't really move forward. Mm -hmm. So it's also very fear-based. So tell me a little bit about being fear-based. What kind of fears came into, came into play? Um, it, again, so one of my fears was that I was not good enough. So being told that, right, I wanted to do whatever it took not to be told that that I wasn't good enough or that what I was doing wasn't, just wasn't good, right? So in not completing something that I already saw kind of like a trajectory of like, maybe this is not great, I would prevent myself from finishing it so that the end result wouldn't result in someone else looking and saying, that's crap or that's not good. So it was, like you said, it was self-preservation, but it was very fear-based because, um, I, all of my decisions were based on preventing that outcome and I was afraid of that outcome and then when I when I stopped becoming afraid of that outcome that's when I was able to like move forward but a lot of that is like overcoming that fear to get to the end result which is just try and then whatever happens happens and then if someone does say it sucks knowing that that is not that they're not talking about you like it's not taking it personal and that's really hard disconnection to make 
between you doing something that's not good enough and you not being good enough. It sounds like, and I, I've seen this in so many different spaces, um, that you were stunting your own growth, mm-hmm. right? You were preventing yourself from even becoming better because the only way that we learn is from our mistakes. We never remember the things that we do good. We never remember all the amazing things that came out great and the praise that we got for that. We think about the one person who said one tiny little maybe negative comment on something that we did and it's like, well, it's shit, throw everything away now. So, and it's so funny because like our brains want to focus on the one tiny negative thing opposed to the 500 positive things that we did. And I think that's also part of this thinking too. It's like rerouting our brains to start focusing on only the positive things, only the things that serve us. And those negative things are just, they're things that happen. They're a byproduct of our growth, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it all serves a purpose. Journaling has helped that. Journaling has helped me refocus on the good. And even with the bad, to be able to translate it into purpose because the bad is purpose. Like like you said, it's growth, it's change, it's all of these things. Like even the bad is supposed to like push you, right? So um, when I journal and I look back on my journaling, I see how far I've come. When I can focus on that, when I can focus like, okay, yeah, I made all these mistakes along the way, but look at where I'm at now. There's purpose in that, right? As opposed to before, it was just like, the narrative that played in my head was only to keep me where I was. As opposed to now, it's just like, yeah, I made a mistake. Okay, pick up, let's keep going. You're finding worth in the journey. Yes, and all of it is worthy, the good and the bad, all of it. You just have to receive it and be able to translate it that way. But it's really hard when you can't separate the the like the outcome of something right like uh, an external thing like a project that you were working on for example and you your self-worth when you can't separate those two things and it becomes jumbled together if someone says that project wasn't good it's literally them telling you you're not good you have to separate the two yeah or else you can't. How well. did you start to do that? Because that that's a difficult process. It's really sort of disconnecting yourself from anything sort of um, physical, right? Anything that a project that you're doing, your parenting skills, the way that your child talks to you, the way that your boss talks to you or a coworker talks to you. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you how did you start to be able to separate yourself in those situations? Um. So two things, right? One was you have to constantly remind yourself. It's just a constant like cassette playing in your head. Like, okay, you messed up, but this is, it's not you. Like, you know what I mean? It's not personal. It's not you. It's like just some, what can you grab from this? What can you take from this? How can you grow from this? And how can you move forward with this? And dissecting it that way, like really dissecting it that way so that like everything that you're learning from that one situation propels you forward, right? So you're not looking at the whole thing is bad. You're looking at, okay, X, Y, and Z from the overall project was bad. How do we make X, Y, and Z better? Or dissecting it in a way where um, you're saying, okay, that wasn't one of my greatest ideas. What's next? But not letting it kind of like sit and ruminate. How do you say ruminate? Ruminate, Ruminate, yeah. yeah. And like sit in that to the point where you take it personally. I think that's, it's really hard. Also, I think 
The second thing I did was I've become, I've tried to become more spiritual. I try to live more in the in like my spirit self more than in the world self like my physical my physical yeah um because i feel like the physical self is limited my spiritual self is not but it's really hard when you live in a physical world to connect to your spiritual self and i'm always like trying to maneuver living in a physical world but trying to like fulfill my spiritual self. It's really weird. It sounds like you're navigating both. It doesn't sound weird. It sounds exhilarating because it sounds like you have the ability to navigate both areas. And that's a, that's a big it. deal. It's, a, it's hard. Yeah. Well, it because sounds like you're creating habits, though, that are getting you there because you, you mentioned it like a, like a cassette playing over and over again, reminding yourself that this is not one thing, it's the other. And this is what I have to do to disconnect myself from this physical space and know that it's growth for my spiritual space and physical yeah. at one point. So yeah. it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So how did you unlearn this belief? You, you, sort of, you sort of touched on that. Is there anything else that you want to add to that in terms of unlearning beliefs? Um, does, it get e- does it get easier? Um, it does take it easier. But it's so funny because like what I've noticed is that like I will I will work on one narrative and overcome it and then like get slapped in the face with another one <laughs> that I have to work on. <laughs> it's never ending because believe it or not, as a child, especially when you grow up in like a really toxic environment with a lot of abuse, the narratives that have been created for you um, are many. They're many. Sure. And they've been inserted into your everyday life and every aspect of your life. Unlearning those things and re- honestly, it's like it's like remaking yourself. Yeah. You, have, you have to remake yourself, yeah. and that's not easy because I'm what almost forty now. That's forty years of like redoing or reshaping or mm-hmm. whatever it is you want to call it. Um, in just a few years, nah, it's it's hard. Yeah, it this sounds like a lot of work. Apart. No, I agree with you. Do you think it's worth it? It's absolutely worth it. I, you know, it's, uh, people. I think it's. Hundred percent, absolutely worth it. It is really difficult. It is not for the faint of heart. You have to be really brave. You have to get out of your fear mindset. Um, yeah, everything is scary. Get over it. Move on. Right? Like, but I'm I with think, you. Um, I think that liberation, like true liberation, like being absolutely free, comes from the work. This work. When you don't care what other people think and you're kind of like marching to like the rhythm of your own drum and you know exactly who you are mm-hmm. and nothing and no one, no external factor can affect that, you're free. Like, I have chills from head free. to toe. You're free. Head to toe right now. I'm yes. working desperately on that because I notice like I give away my peace. I give away my joy. I give, when I let other things, external factors affect me negatively. And I'm just like, why am I giving you my peace? You're why taking that shit back now. Like, you definitely doesn't even are. make any sense. But I have to stop myself in my tracks and like actually remind myself of that because it's so easy to get sucked in. The external, that's why the spiritual and the external stuff is so difficult because yeah, you live in a, in a, a world where it's physical and the external factors are everywhere, all day long, every day. Trying to shut that out to connect to the spiritual, to know who you truly are on the inside, like the core of like your soul of who you are, 
and connect with that and be connected with it at all times, mm -hmm. that's what's going to silence or at least quiet down the external crap. And that's where I'm working because I'm like, I'm tired of giving away my peace and my joy and just, you know what I mean? Like, We've got a limited time on this planet. Seriously. It's just I'm not just worth a second. 40, almost 40 years mm -hmm. worrying about what other people think. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. I'm with you and I'm so proud of you. I feel yes. like this is just this is just the beginning of Fetty. Sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to go into the um, into the tools and application, and then that's a wrap. Now that you're aware that the beliefs that you hold in your subconscious mind have the power to hold you back or propel you into a life that you want, and that it is possible to reshape your mind, here are three steps to start getting rid of beliefs that hold you back. Number one, awareness. You have to become aware of the limiting beliefs as they are happening in real time. Take inventory of what you're regularly telling yourself. What do you think when you look in the mirror, when you're running late to work? What is the narrative that you're playing in your mind on the day to day? Do you feel like life is happening to you or do you feel like life is happening for you? This takes time, consistency, and self-reflection. So be patient with yourself as you start exploring. Step two, practice. After you've identified the core beliefs that are holding you back, you have to reroute them as they come up. Here are a few examples of what I mean. When you look in the mirror and you want to think or say something negative about yourself, you're going to reroute in that moment and compliment, even if it's in the smallest way. Or at minimum, you will not say anything negative about your appearance. You'll shift your thoughts to something else. Focus on your pet, your coffee, anything that shifts your attention in that moment. The next piece of that. When you're running late to work and you start catastrophizing how the rest of your day will go, you will shift your thoughts immediately and try to look for the positive possibilities that can happen that day. But if that's too much at first, you can train your mind to go to a moment in time that brought you great joy or peace. It can be the thought of flowing water, the picture of a child's face. I want you to use that moment as a focal point and this will shift your thoughts in that moment. Step three, consistency. You need to be consistent. The steps are not hard. What's hard is being consistent and practicing the exercises. Just as you would go to the gym every day and get in shape, consistency is the key to get you there. I want you to know that this gets easier. You won't always have to keep such a close eye on your thoughts. Your brain will do the work for you. Because after this practice comes the habit, meaning it's gotten into your subconscious mind. It's no longer a practice. It's just who you are. You will automatically shift your thoughts to look for the positives in any situation. You will see the opportunity in every setback. You will neutralize thoughts that hold you back and you won't even realize that you're doing it. The power's in your hands. It always has been. From all of us at ECLI Vibes, we believe in you. We love you. Thanks for listening. And now go get what's yours.